0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Oh um. Thank Hello. Can anybody hear me? Yeah, I can hear
2: you now. Can I help? Oh, okay.
3: Okay. Yeah, I can hear you too. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me just make sure. Oh, okay. Oh, well, now you can hear me, right? I think. I apologize for for that for that glitch in technology. Let me just let me just play a song while we try to fix the technology.
1: We can hear the
2: music.
4: Some technical difficulty.
3: Let me just try to check something. <laughs> can you guys hear me now I think we're having some technical difficulties
1: yeah I
2: can hear you what were you trying to do
3: oh you know sometimes technology has a funny way of acting up and misbehaving so you can hear me now right
2: I
1: think
3: uh, yep. I tried to play a music. Yeah, so I think anyway, on my end here, uh, there was sort of a glitch. Okay. So you were hearing me all this time, right?
2: No. You were
3: silent for a while because you said you were yeah. going to start some music.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Ten minutes. There was oh, nothing okay. that... oh,
3: you see Tech te- technology, everything is working exactly the way it's supposed to work on my end. And, okay, let me see if I can unmute everyone. Uh, just bear with me. Okay, so everybody is unmuted. So, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize So, uh, for a technical glitch there. So... Let me just try to play a song to see if it will it will work out well. Hold on. <laughs>
6: Let's
1: get started over. Let's la Thank you, you, <laughs> Bull nanga! Okay, the secretary Okay Uh,
3: President Charles William How are you sir?
7: Hello. Um I'm, I'm I'm fine President Noah. Yeah. You're live and kicking. How are you doing over there?
3: Oh we are doing good. Just besides the technical technical difficulties, we're we are doing good.
7: Okay, great. Okay. Yeah, those will happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah.
3: So President Kim, Kim, uh, how are you doing? Inga Kim. Hello
8: everybody doing good on this end. I am tired, but functioning well. Can't complain too
3: much. Okay, good, good. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, again, I apologize for the technicalities. So again, it would help if you can put your phones on. Uh, Do not disturb, so that when you receive text messages, it doesn't beep or make that noise. And also, if you can unmute you can mute yourself if you it's not your turn to talk. So I'm just waiting for the secretary to get situated. So anytime, Madam Secretary, you're okay, just give me a sign or say something. Yeah. And it, I'm situated. Yeah, so this is, I'm situated. Oh. I
2: took
3: an hour break
2: good. because I was, I was on call this weekend, so I took an hour off, so I'm just in the conference room for this. Oh already we are starting good. 17 minutes past.
3: Oh yeah, no, don't worry, we have extended the show because of those technicalities. So we are, instead of ending at 1 uh, uh, p.m., at 2, uh, sorry, at 3 p.m., we end at 3.30. So we have enough time. So we Uh, have plenty of time to discuss. So those technicalities, uh, just like President Wembia mentioned, sometimes, you know, you do your best, but somehow something just happens. So again, we apologize for that. Welcome to News Radio Show, ladies and gentlemen. The purpose of our show this afternoon is just to have a conversation to discuss, sort of as a family, on looking at the presentation of material which was done last week. Uh, I've had a lot of positive feedback from a lot of people. In fact, I was actually even really impressed to have had non-Zambians, Non-Zambians reaching out to me that I need to go and talk to their uh, groups, and they have men's groups. And I think some, for instance, I'll be specific, some Rwandese people have reached out that I may have to go and have a chat with them. They were impressed with what they had. The Zimbabwean community, they've reached out also. And then I was talking to a few Zambians, of course, outside uh, our Uh, I was a news platform. They had the presentation. And I think I was happy that at least I was able to share some information, which some people uh, found was educational. So that's part of the show. The purpose of the show is to discuss some information that other people may not know. Again, the purpose of education is to the instructor provides some information that you don't know. 'Cause if they tell you what you know, then they are wasting your time. So our hope here, my hope is that I'll be able to say something that you do not know. So when you I say something that you don't know, that's the point when you learn something. Because if I tell you Zambia got its independence on October twenty fourth, nineteen sixty four, we all know that. That's not news. But I have to say something that you don't know. So the format for our uh, discussion this afternoon is the my co-host again is our zen secretary this is madam nasi Lele imasiku she will be asking questions she's prepared some questions so she will be asking different presidents and we are happy that we have madam inga kim uh, and also i'm waiting for another female president actually two M- madam stera daka I know she, so Sarah apologise for that. She's at work, so she should be able to tune in at some point. And also, Madam Irene White, uh, she hasn't joined yet, but I think she should be able to join because we want to have diverse views. Just looking at what does it mean to be black? And last week, the presentation was looking at the black personality of a black person. So, without further ado, I know we already. Uh, behind time, but that has been solved. Uh, We have extended the time. So, Madam Secretary, over to you.
2: All right. um, Thank you so much, uh, President Noah. Um, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. President uh, Inga, good evening. Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Charles Wendy. Um, Good afternoon. um, Thank you. Thank you so much for having um, invited me to be a part of um, the show today and to co-host with you. So, in order to make our uh, our listeners understand what you presented last week, I'm just gonna do a recap of what you you presented. It was quite educational after I listened to it for an hour so uh, the top class again was um the psychodynamics and personality of black people, which was a continuation from last week so um in order for us to understand current events as they relate to the injustices and inequalities of black people in the United States, we first have to understand events that happened stemming from 400 years ago. These were the days of slavery, of course, when black people were brought to this country for economic reasons that ultimately benefited the slave masters. Alluding to what President Noah said last week, I know he was trying to answer some questions that he had posed. Why were black people brought to the United States and other European countries? Of course, this was for obvious uh, reasons to work in plantations as a source of um, cheap labor to our superior race. The other, um, the other point that he touched on was the justification of slavery from the biblical point of view, as well as from the scientific perspective. So um, in his referencing to people living in certain regions in Africa, for instance, Zambia, being Christians by default. Why? Because our colonial masters were Christians. Vice versa, even those who are coming from Muslim countries, of course they became Muslim because the people that came to colonize them, they were Muslim. So um, even with the slave masters, most, most of them practiced Christianity, as, as they also committed all the autocracies to the black people in the name of religion and Christianity. So, uh, like, for example, I was reading um, a certain novel, and then um, I saw a picture of what happened in 1908 by the Belgians, um, where a black boy was hanged in the democratic. Republic of Congo by King Leopold, the boy was hanged because his father did not produce enough wheat for the colonialists. So you can see how Christianity was used for bad things. So um, President Noah also discussed in length about how the environment plays a big role in the adaptation of living beings. I would give you an example of a chameleon. A chameleon is an animal that changes its color according to the environment where it is. So uh, even human beings, we also adapt to the environment where we are. So um, for example, our personality traits, our behavior, and overall conduct is determined by the environment. So we basically mirror the environment that we are in. For example, uh, some of you that have been in this country for a long time, whenever you go to Zambia, I'm sure your relatives and friends are able to see the difference in your behavior and your mannerisms. Um, the other point that really resonated with me last week from his presentation was that, um,
1: let's see here,
2: he also pointed out that when you take a living being out of its own environment, in referencing to black people, you ritually strip them of their culture, heritage, and dignity and then you bring them into uh, an environment where they could be controlled and killed any time as their slave masters' uh, declaration of wrongdoing. So this was a very, very educative topic. So as I continue, end. he ended by um, pointing out on social learning theory as it relates to our black forefathers, which he explains how behaviors can be acquired through observing and imitating others. And that also learning can occur through observation of rewards and punishments. So, uh, after having given you this uh, brief summary, I'm just going to ask the presidents who are online today and just uh, leave this forum to discussions. So, uh, the question that I'm going to ask you, leaders, is. What further comments and suggestions or views from last week's discussion, as it relates to slavery and the current events of racial injustices and inequalities that exist in this country? What comments do you have? I'm going to start with you, President Mambilla.
7: Uh, th- thank you so much for that uh, recap and uh, summary. That's uh, were, uh presented. Yeah. So, um, like President Noah said, I think in in order to start uh, devising solutions for current problems, we have to know where they they come from. And some of those vices still happen now. You know, so, uh, the, the divide and rule of people, or uh, put them people in situations where they are going to have less in, empowerment. So if we understand. Uh, The the reasons behind why certain actions happen, like why black people are brought here, or why we are Christians or Muslims or Hindus, you know, we have to look at where that came from. And it's very important to understand um, points like, for the most part, when the Europeans came, they did not take those trips to come and help us. They were helping themselves. So from that premise, you can see how what was in, a lot of what was introduced to us was used, for example, to control us and all that. Because um, uh, one of the points I liked was um, uh, President Noah talked about uh, controlling people's minds. Because, you see, if you have 1,000 slaves and it's just you, it's going to be a lot of manpower to just be controlling with guns. So you got to get into their minds and control them, either by fear or by some other, or, or by belief. And once you indoctrinate them, it's very easy to control them. And you've seen some verses that were abused that he touched on, you know, that say you know, this is how you treat a slave. So if the book you use for your religion is Talking about how you treat slaves and slaves submitting to masters, that can be interpreted as uh, slavery is okay. You know, which it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. So it's a lot of misinterpretation. It's a lot of, um, um, of verses that were used uh, against people. I don't know if you are slapped on the left hand, give them the right hand. So that some of those were abused to control slaves and general to control black people in Africa, too. So let me just add in there for now.
2: Okay. Um, thank you so much for your point. Yes, I really, really do understand that um, when those missionaries came to Africa, we definitely thought that they were coming to help us. But looking back from us, the new generation, we can clearly see that they were coming there solemnly to benefit themselves. And uh, you also mentioned um, important points of them that in order for us to control us, they have to control your mind. So they have to think, they had to think of how a black man thinks. All right. Um, I'm going to ask our president Kim, Inga Kim, if you have any, any comments and suggestions from last week's presentation, you can go ahead, madam. Sure. Uh, Thank you so much
8: for summarizing that up. And, uh, Making time for this discussion um, It was a good top, I mean it was a lot of topics Covered in a short time So uh, kudos to Noah for doing that And um, touched upon A lot of points um, Some of which President had uh, just uh, spoke about uh, But yes yeah, specifically Looking at the Bible And Christianity in general As someone who was um, Raised a Baptist Not really by choice but um You know, most of us are born and raised in Christian homes in Zambia, and you don't really – you grow up with that mentality of this is what is taught to you. You don't question it because if you question it, that's the devil using your mind. But we never knew that because, you know, your parents tell you that. You trust your parents. That is your God on earth. But you, you don't really ever think to say, could there be something else behind this? How did this even come to the U.S.? And that's why I love the movie Shaka Zulu, or even when you read the Shaka Zulu books, Unlike other African um, societies, he was one of the few who actually sat down and challenged the colonizers when they came and presented the Bible to him. He wanted to know, why are you here? Who are you? Mm -hmm. They knew that they looked different. They spoke a different language. But a lot of times when we go places, we go there for a purpose. You have a goal in mind as to why you're going to a place. Unfortunately as Africans A lot of times we're very open We're welcoming, warm people We just love community We love people just being around each other So people never really questioned it And they brought us this Bible Without us fully understanding The extent to how It can change your perception On the world And change your mentality And how you look at the world And like you said In order to change To manipulate someone or brainwash them, as I prefer to say. You have to, first of all, tell them there's something wrong with the way you see the world and the way you live, the way you operate in general. Let me show you another way of doing things. Um, And most of us have been brought up with we don't really know what religions were practiced in Africa um, prior to Christianity being introduced to us. What was wrong with those religions We know about voodoo. Voodoo is spoken about more than anything, but voodoo has its negative connotations, and depending on who you speak to, but you're not, don't dig into that, because if you dig into that, that's, that's the devil using you. So we sort of have been programmed to think the same and not question it. Why did they come there? And this is how slavery infiltrated itself into our continent. We trusted them. We looked at them as they're coming to bring us knowledge. They're coming to add something to our societies, And never once did any of us, did any of our ancestors think, no, there could be an alternative reasoning why they're here. We don't look at each other's enemies first. We look at someone as, this is my neighbor, this is my brother, my sister.
1: Mm-hmm. Before
8: we consider, wait, maybe they're here to hurt me. Rarely do most of us think like that. So I think it's just human nature that they opened their homes, they opened their villages, um, their communities to um, the colonizers unbeknownst to them, what was coming, Um, but they had to start programming first to, just like an abuser works, you manipulate that person, you get that person to trust you first, you gain their trust, then once you get their trust, then you slowly start to work on their mind. Um, Once you change how they think and how they operate and how they view the world, then you kind of swoop in. So it was a a great discussion that I thought about. I appreciated um, the uh, touching upon Charles Darwin, And that book in general, I remember reading that in middle school, and we can talk in detail more about it, about how it was presented to us as kids. I went to middle school here, but how it was presented to us as kids and what that book meant. It's not until now that we're adults that we're starting to dig deeper and look into things to say, wait a minute, this is really what it was, not the way it was taught to us. Um, And, you know, he also talked about institutional um, racism and, and how, this country has been structured in general and looking at the southern states, how some of them held on to slavery even when it was abolished, how they still wanted to hold on to that because there's no, to them, a master and a slave cannot be on the same level. But they figured out how to bring us here, but they couldn't figure out how to, once we're done with them, I don't think they ever saw an ending to slavery. So there was no plan of what to do afterwards, which is why I think the effects that we're seeing today, this is the after effect of, you planned but really failed to plan Um, so it was really I think an educational um, topic and um, you know the uh, redlining and and zoning and all of that I thought there were great topics to touch upon very heavy deep topics to discuss but I think these are conversations we need to start having as Africans in the diaspora um, to also start to understand our African-American brothers and sisters on a better and much deeper level
2: uh, All right, thank you so much, President Inga, for the elaborate explanation. Actually, as you uh, went on mentioning different points, and I was, I was researching on this topic too, I actually thought, like, when they were bringing black people t- in, uh, to to Europe and the United States for slavery, I mean, I did that think of what was going to happen decades later. So these are the effects uh-huh. of what is happening right now, because like, nobody really uh, prepared for this.
1: So, um yep.
2: I can see uh, we have other people that um leaders that just joined. We have President Joyce Chewe from Dallas. Uh, we also have um Mr Warren actually is an African American who actually got interested into the show. Um, he actually traced uh, down his uh DNA back to Zambia, so we are happy to have you, Mr. Warren. Oh, you can go ahead and, and mute your phone. And I can see we have Mr. Blair Junzer. He's a former president for Illinois State. Um, welcome, sir. I can also see we have Ms. Matilda. She's, I think, uh, she's one of the leaders in all the. So uh, just to recap, uh, we are talking about, um, President Noah did a presentation last week so, it's just a continuation from what he was talking about the title of the presentation of the psychodynamics and the personality of black people in the United States. So, he um, drew up at different points. He answered questions like why were why we black people brought to this country and the other parts of the European countries. And um, he also touched on the justification of slavery from the biblical point of view as well as from the scientific perspective. Uh, he also mentioned about um, uh, the social learning theory uh, explaining it from the behavior that the ideas acquired through observing and, and imitating others, and also learning can also occur through uh, observation of rewards and punishment. So um, uh, we have association leaders here. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Blair, Mr. Juneza, to actually give his view on uh, last week' last week's presentation by President Noah. Over to you, sir.
3: Yeah and unfortunately president blair is not on the call so i think maybe let's have warren see if you can come in warren
2: okay
6: uh, okay i'm here can you hear me
2: yes yes we can hear you
6: okay i uh two two quick things i want to add into the general discussion about the uh the historical development after having brought enslaved africans to the Americas, Uh, we must keep in mind that the enslaved Africans also came from Mozambique, Madagascar, from Angola, Congo as well. In fact, the largest numbers, the groups of Africans that came in the largest numbers were from the Congo, Angola area. In fact, the 1619 Africans were actually Angolans they were on their way to Mexico and two British ships hijacked these Spanish ships that were taking these Angolans. But one of the things that occurred on these ships, there's a good book called the slave ship, a human history, a new culture developed, a culture of resistance on those ships developed. So even when Africans get to the Americas, there's this whole new way of relating to each other and resisting what they're dealing with. So in North America, when enslaved Africans were introduced to Christianity, many of the Angolans, by the way, were already Catholic. Uh, You know, on the surface, they were Catholic. They were baptized Catholic, but they still had a lot of African uh, syncretism into it. But in North America, the black church, as we say, began because Many of the enslaved blacks wanted to have their own churches. Uh, The white slave owners brought blacks to church with them to kind of teach them to be submissive. But black people resisted that and kept organizing among themselves their own church congregations because when they would pray – They were praying for the end of slavery. They were praying to be reconnected with their family. And so the slave owners did not want to hear prayers against slavery. So they would monitor them. And so this is a very important part to understand that the United States blacks had their own institution. Now, when we said a black church, we're talking about the African Methodist Episcopal church split from the Methodist church, That was started in the late 1700s, and then later, many blacks became Baptists, but they created their own Baptist congregations within the white congregations, and then after slavery, they pulled away, because we did not want to be supervised by whites or treated like children, and so that's a very important part to understand the resistance here in North America.
2: Oh, uh, thank you so much, Warren, for those uh, important uh, points that you've just given us, and I think I'll need to do more research on the the, the black church congregations that were formed when the, when the black people were brought into this country. So um, I do have uh, the presence of uh, Dallas, Mrs. Joyce Chiway. I'm going to hand over to you if you need to say anything from last week's presentation. over to you, Madam.
0: Thank you, uh, Madam, and thank you, listeners. Just a point of correction. I'm um, not the president the, um, of, da- of Dallas. Um, former president and our president is Mr. Fred Kazembe. Thank you for All giving right. me um, the floor. Um, my only comment is that I'll take you back to the original problem of slavery, which is back in Africa. During that time, um, our kings and our kingdoms,
1: they were selling
0: slaves among themselves. And that's how the European missionaries knew about what was happening in Africa and knew what the weakest point was for them to entice the kingdom, you know, kings with a Bible and also um, brainwashing uh, the king so that they can release, you know, the strong men and women to go and work in the far world. That's what they were calling. They didn't call it America, what in the far world. So... um, and then the people, the African descent, understood because from where they came from, when the king commanded that, you know, uh, commanded a certain group of people which was labeled as slaves, they could do anything that the king wanted them to do. I'll give you an example where I came from. In Zambia, of course. My grandparents are from the royal family. If a king died, there were slaves that were buried alive together with the king. They will not bury someone alive with the king if you are from the royal family. They got people from other kingdoms where they conquered. So, therefore, we gave away our liberty to these visitors that came and saw our weakest point to grab our brothers and sisters into slavery, because it was happening in Africa too. So therefore, (laughs) I could understand that the people that were brought here were deemed as slaves back in Africa, except that they became greedy, some chiefs, and some white explorers, and started forcing people who were not on the list to be sold as slaves. So therefore, you know, 10 or 15 people would be released by the king. You go with this white man. But then behind at night, the the explorers and some of the kings connived and got 50 more people that were not on the list. So... This thing started way back in Africa because we were doing it, and that's why the white people looked at the continent of Africa to come and get our black brothers and sisters and brought them here. They brainwashed them. Okay, now that is done. What's the way forward? I always give an example of the Jews who were persecuted way back during... You know, uh, Pharaoh's time, when Moses, you know, was the one who managed to get the slaves out of Egypt. They went into the wilderness for 40 years, and eventually, this is now in the 1940s, we have the new Israel. So, what I'm saying is that. As far as I'm concerned right now, the Jews are no longer slaves because they have their own kingdom. This is what we should now be thinking as Africans here in the United States and all Americas. what is the way forward? Because if we just talk, this thing will continue from generation to generation. It needs to stop. How do we stop it so that this slavery... Ends, and uh, or any African in the world should be declared free from these injustices. Thank
2: you. All right. I uh, thank you so much, uh, former president of Malawi, Madam Siwe. Um, you really uh, pointed out very, very important points that slavery actually started uh, out in Africa because of the chiefs and the kingdoms that we we had. I know I'm lobby, and I know we do have uh, you know the the, the Barossa land, so we have our king there, and we do have people that work for them, so I don't want to talk much on that. So, um, from the people that are listening, I know we do have Mathilda. Did you have any comments on what we are discussing right now? Mathilda, she's one of the leaders from OZA.
9: Madame Mathilda? Mathilda Lucas? Okay, thank you. Okay, okay. hi. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. Uh, This is a very good conversation, and um, there's no better time to talk about this but now. So the country, the world is at a point where issues that have not been dealt with in the past have got to be dealt with, whether we like it or not. Um, There are times that we may have to go back to look at where we came from or where did this problem start before we can solve it. And there are other problems that can be solved from right now where we are. Uh, Forget what happened in the past, what can we do now? So we have to be patient as we look at the different angles. Um, One thing that I just want to bring to the table, uh, my views may be different, but it doesn't mean that I disagree with the previous speaker, because the thing about history, and the thing about our experiences, they vary. Um, I've had an opportunity to speak, to be um, um, on a roundtable discussion with other Africans, with African Americans here in Orlando, and there's always something new to learn that um, I, I wouldn't have known before had I not participated in that discussion. So on one hand, I do agree that some of the slavery was in used to be practiced in Africa, and they were practiced in different uh, levels and different variations. If you conquered another kingdom, those slaves can be treated a certain way. Other times, the slavery was, um, you know, a li- just like a servant. But this was also seen in other kingdoms too, throughout the world, in Asia, in different European countries. They had indentured servants, they had slaves, they had uh, prisoners of, of war or people that, you know, if they took over a clan or kingdom, whatever, etc. cetera. They, what made this worse was how they turned these slaves and how inhumane it became. Yes, there was an example given of people, you know, if a king dies, they would, uh, somebody would be buried alive. That, yes, that is to an extreme. But the things that were done in these United States were extreme, extreme to a point to where uh, people have been brainwashed uh, up to, to this date. So, the thing I'd like to uh, bring to the discussion is the healing process. How do we start to heal? There are some who want uh, to be, they want an apology acknowledged. If they want a sorry, they want somebody to say, "We are sorry if that is helpful in the healing process, but let's not dwell too much on that as well we need we need an apology. I'm not saying it shouldn't be done, but let's not dwell too much there We need to change our mindsets the way we think uh we have to free ourselves from uh that submissiveness that sometimes prevents us from being um, effective citizens whether we are Africans who live in the United States whether we are black Americans who were born here and so on there's a certain um, mentality that has been beaten on us over the years without through colonialism with African Americans through slavery that sometimes We don't even understand it. We don't see it that we are so submissive. We are, and we don't understand why we're this submissive. You know, you, you shouldn't speak up, you shouldn't speak back, you shouldn't do this. We need to start freeing ourselves from that. I'm not saying that we should become rude or rebellious, but we need to understand that we too are equal. We're fighting for equality and not revenge. And that's uh, I think I'll end there because I know time is going, and I'll let others speak. Thank you yes. so much.
2: Uh, thank you so much, Mathilda. I'm going to hand over to uh, Mr. Noan and Lovu to just say something about the program. My name is Nasi Lele. I'm the secretary for ZANE. ZANE stands for Zambians living in the state of Indiana. I've worked hand in hand in collaboration with Noan Lovu for the past four years. So over to you, President now.
3: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to ZANU's radio show. It, came, it comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. We are having a wonderful discussion. This is a continuation from last week's show. We are just getting feedback and discussing as a family of Africans, of Zambians living in the United States. And of course, we welcome our adopted Zambians like Warren and others who are listening. We are happy to have you Onto the program so I just wanted to take a few minutes just to announce to everyone listening that uh, please please make sure that you put your phone on do not disturb mode that helps with uh, background noise when you receive a text messages sorry when you receive a text message then we don't want to hear that sound and also if you're receiving a call uh, your your phone it helps when you cut it helps to cut down the background noise when your phone is on do not disturb mode again if you have something to say please press one and i think at some point i'll unmute everyone's mic so in order for us to have a better show we don't want to have that background noise in the background so with that said, over to you, Madam Secretary.
2: All uh, Thank you so much. I know we started like uh, 20 minutes late due to some technical difficulties. We apologize for that. So I know we do have some leaders that just joined us, the former president for Illinois, Mr. Blair Seajunser, and also we have uh, uh, the president for Seattle, Washington area, Mr. Zaki Ongoma. I'm going to ask you, um, gentlemen, just like uh, in three minutes' time or so, to just go ahead and tell us your views and suggestions and comments over what President Noah presented last last week. I know, to my understanding, is that the audio was posted on the President's forum, and all of you guys got the chance to listen to it. Over to you, Mr. Um, Mr. Blair, sir. Is Mr. Blair on the line?
10: good afternoon good evening uh, wherever you are thank you so much uh madam nasiree and uh, uh the other leaders on the on the forum president noah uh madam president irene and others uh, uh madam joyce chibwe uh those were very very interesting and uh insightful views that you uh, you shared regarding uh, the race uh relations and the history of black people uh, throughout uh, the the years and uh, I just want to reiterate that this is a very important uh, discussion that we're having because uh, we're discussing issues affecting not just us and uh, uh, our kids, but things that to shape the, the Zambian diaspora, especially here in the, in the U.S. So it, it's a very good discussion, and uh, I, I appreciate the points shared, like I said, and uh uh, I just want to add that, uh, of course, we want to move on, but uh, in the case of how we move on is very important. So I, I, I like to hear uh, Madam with uh, recitation of what happened at the source in Africa. Uh, many of us uh, that have been in Zambia remember the song uh, Africa, My Africa. That was done by a nice gentleman from Northern Province, and uh, it shows the... the some of the things that happened at the source, where the chiefs were trying to uh, disperse with people that they didn't like in the community, that you know, like you had uh, when when the trade became lucrative, uh, everybody was uh, was at risk. So, part of uh, what we found out by interacting with uh, our brothers and sisters here in Chicago, uh, both from uh, the uh, here in the, in in the North America, and as well as those that are from the Latina community and the Caribbean community, was that uh, those of us that come uh, later, like uh, those that immigrated later to the U.S., we need to kind of uh, foster these ties. And part of the composition is acknowledging that there was this part where you know our African uh, ancestors participated in, in the trade. And so the, the the first part, I think, that we did, and I was very glad to be part of the uh, Global Chamber of Commerce Initiative in Chicago, and we had a pastor from uh, Ghana who said, when we're talking to our brothers and sisters who are here, we need to acknowledge that, that there was, um, I don't want to say uh, betrayal, but maybe it was... Uh, uh, our ancestors participated in 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 the trade we need to acknowledge that and probably help reconcile because they, the pain is deep and uh, sometimes they feel like you know we we don't acknowledge that so that's the point that i wanted to make sure that we 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 engage uh, as we build uh, a future for our our children and our posterity that we need to acknowledge the role that our ancestors played and then we seek uh, understanding or forgiveness and then build on that relationship so that,
1: uh,
10: you know, there's not animosity between uh, uh, those of us that came later and those that are already here. So that's uh, the small point that I wanted to make, and I want to hand it back to you so you can continue. Thank you. All
2: right. Thank you so much, Mr. Belsia Junza. So I know from the previous leaders that have already spoken, we we are talking about how do we move on. Yes, um, of course we cannot change or forget the past, but we can definitely choose to move forward. So, how do we move forward concerning the current affairs? Because it looks like the events of 400 years ago continue on, uh, the continue on occurring. So, uh, I'm gonna ask Mr. Mr. Gorman to comment on that. How do we move on when the uh, when the events of 400 years ago? Continue for her
5: involvement you, sir. Uh, good afternoon, uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, it's still morning over here in Seattle. Well, we still have a couple minutes before we go to the afternoon. Um, I didn't participate in last week's uh, uh, program, uh, but uh, so far I have gathered, you know, a few uh, points uh, that uh, I would like to perhaps uh, contribute or add on. Um, I think, moving on, well, if we look back at history, uh, yes, there has always been slavery. Even the time Jesus walked the earth, there was slavery. And, uh, 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 at, well, now, the bottom line, the thing that causes someone to subdue another human being is really when you dehumanize somebody, when you, you take the humanity of somebody. It gives you the impetus or the, 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 the reason to actually uh, you mistreat them. So uh, to answer your question uh, briefly, the way forward is to not look at other people as less than you, but to look at other people, actually build other people up. Do not dehumanize anybody. Uh, there was one one time. I think this is a time when Dick Cheney was vice president, and of course George Bush was president. Uh, I think they took a trip to Germany, and uh, it was a commemor—what's comm- the word? Commemoration. There we go, of uh, uh, the the Holocaust. I think it was the 60th or something, and uh, they were interviewing uh, uh, Vice President Dick Cheney at the time, and I'll never forget what he said. Uh, uh, they asked. Basically, they asked him, why would somebody do such harm uh, to another human being? And uh, his answer was that, uh, well, he started by explaining it uh, this way. He said, uh, 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 you know, these, the people that worked in these uh, concentration camps, the people that actually took these uh, Jews and put them in gas chambers and all that, they were, they were, these were people that had families. These were people that went to church. These were people that, some of them were even, on on, on Sundays, they were stood up in front of the church congregations and uh, uh, preached. And these were people who raised their families, who did a good job with their children and so on. But when they went to work on Monday, they did horrible, horrific things to another human being. Just horrible. So his answer was short. It was simple. He's like... The thing that makes people do that to another human being is that it's evil, bottom line, evil. You dehumanize another human being, and somehow you see uh, you you have a reason to to, to harm them, to cause horror to these people. So anyway, uh, to go forward, we need to learn to not dehumanize other people. Because uh, 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 when we start looking at other people with love and not less than us, then we start really... Uh, making progress. That's all I got for now. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you so
2: much. Thank you so much, Mr. Zakir Korma, on those um, wonderful comments. So uh, my next question here is um, talking about resilience, which means uh, the capacity to recover from past challenges and difficulties, and not letting the past events affect our future. And and I know most of us who came from Africa, I know we never really uh, went through um, slavery, but but, uh, we know that racism was happening here in the United States. So um, this question will be posed to... I know uh, we do have one of the leaders that just joined us.
1: Uh, His name
2: is um, President Monger. He's the president for Northern Carolina. So um, how do we... How does racism affect us now? Does it um, affect our personal and academic development? If yes or no, can you please explain on that, sir? Over to you.
3: Okay, maybe President Monga may be muted. So let's go to. Uh, let's have Mr. Devere come in, Mr. Devere.
6: Uh,
3: what's your take on what we've discussed? Because I think now we are about to transition to personality and behavior, and not necessarily focusing on. Because the presentation last week, we to- I talked about thirty minutes or so about the historical context. Now transitioning to personality and behavior. How, what's your comment, Mr. Devere, in terms of uh, the personality? After we have gone through
4: what our people have gone through. Yeah, thank you, President Noah, for this opportunity to say something on this forum. Uh, my take on this is, uh, I just try to I will try to be brief. Um, I guess I want to pick on on what um, Hilda said earlier on concerning uh, us. Is it what steps can we take at the moment to move forward? Uh, going back to the question of how do we move forward, um, the, the key thing is to identify the issues that are making us lag or stay behind as a group, as black people. Uh, In as much as I agree with and, and really sympathise with all the situations that has happened, uh, what the black people have gone through, I do agree, and I think it's all wrong. But again, I don't want to exhaust all my efforts on looking at. Uh, Issues that has happened and end there I am trying to Look at the situation and find out What is it within us That could be Allowing other people to do What they do to us black people Okay Uh, and there's history To this Um, maybe let me go back To the motherland Africa If you look at the whole entire Africa um, You're going to be seeing that There's always going to be some element of Abuse that the people go through And if you look back to the history, uh, we're looking at the element that we once were starting off with, slavery, right? And then we saw colonization. And then after that, we have elected our own brothers that are leading as president there. But if you really look, you're going to be seeing that there's a consistency of abuse that happened. And that has been passed on from one generation to another. And now I'm looking at and saying, what is it within our culture? And I can only isolate it to culture because that's the only thing that we share in common with just African from one country to another. That we share at least our, our cultures are very similar. What is it with our culture that makes us um, be vulnerable? That makes us yield to abuse? You know, at the end of the day, really. On how you look at it, this is all abuse of one person to another. So, and those are the issues that I've been battling with uh, in the past. And say, you know, I, I wish I would really pinpoint exactly within our culture what really contributes to allowing us to be abused with, with to be abused by other people. You know, I think it's, it's, it's Hilda did mention that um, we need to, uh, we have got this. This thing within us that we, are, we allow, we submit, we fail to speak up, we fail to do certain things that can help us to, to, to be able to stand out. So we need to go back and identify these things and be able to say, okay, these are the elements that are actually making us not be able to compete with other groups. I think that's, that's more of what I'm seeing There's that kind of a pattern that I'm seeing that is very consistent, that we need to go back to the drawing table and look at our own culture and say, what is it that is making us to be, you know, to to, to where we are allowed to be abused by other people? Right now, I can even break it down in smaller pieces, like if you look at the corruption, the way it's going on in Africa. You know, people fail to speak up. They see there are no roads. People die in an accident every day. But um, somebody's spending money in, somewhere in an office. You know, somebody's abusing money somewhere. P- people fail to speak up. So it's something that is embedded within our systems, within our the way we talk, the way we do things that leads to this bigger problem that we end up dealing with now. So much that it becomes a bigger problem that we don't even know where to start. So I would encourage us to kind of narrow it down to how would we respond to these little small things that we deal deal with on a daily, daily basis. That's kind of my take right now, is let's kind of focus and debate and look at our own culture. How can we make it? I mean, there are so many beautiful things about our culture, but there are also certain things that are working against us in terms of progress.
2: All right. All right. Uh, thank you, Ms. Andelele. Uh, for those that are just joining us, we are on our blog talk radio show. My name is Nancy Lele. I go by Nancy. I'm the secretary for the name. So um, I know that uh, the president also did uh, talk on psychodynamics, of um, the personality of the black people. Um, we know that um, they lived in this country, and um, whatever the ethics that have, that have gone through are currently affecting them. So um, I had, I think I did ask the, the question about uh, resilience. And um, talking about culture, I know Mr. Andere just brought up the topic of culture. So I'll ask President Noah to explain more on culture, what culture is and what culture does to us. I know some of us were brought up in Africa. We do have a different culture when we came here. It's the culture that will never leave us. Uh, so, Mr. Noah, sir,
3: go
1: ahead and explain what culture
3: is. Thank you. All right. All right. Th- thank you, Madam Secretary. Yeah. So, it, it's good that we're having this discussion. It's good we're hearing from different perspectives. And now, let me just try to take a few minutes to discuss a little bit in detail what culture is. So, culture is a set of values to meet needs and to solve problems confronting people. So right now we are being confronted by the problem of the aftermath of, or or the effects, in other words, you can say the byproducts of slavery. What can we do to address? What can we do to solve the problem? So when you talk about culture, we are talking about the system and set of rules procedures that we can develop looking at where we've come from and where we need to go so a culture is a way that a community or a society solves problems culture creates designs for living and it provides guides for living a culture provides a set of standards or, what, or as, what is expected to happen. For instance, if you belong to a particular faith, for instance, let's say the Jehovah's Witness, that's a culture and they have a way or a system how they do their own things. So, for instance, they expect you to go and witness. So that's a culture that they uh, came up with within their sect or within their group. So when we look at what has happened to us as a people, we have to look at what is it that we need to do in terms of solving our problems. So one thing that most people don't understand when we mm-hmm. talk about culture is that culture is about power. Mm-hmm.
2: I so, think we uh, lost uh, President Nara. Can anyone hear me? Yes, you can
3: hear Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh can hear. you can hear me? You can hear me. Oh, we oh, kind of Oh,
2: oh, okay. I It's 11 minutes past 3 p.m. You
6: can uh, explain quickly what culture means. And then I also want Mr.
2: Warren to actually explain on what he understands by the word culture and what it means for the African-Americans.
3: Yeah, I apologize. I I don't know what's happening with the the connection on my end. So, again, for those who are joining us for the first time, this is not a usual Uh, way we conduct business is just unfortunate. Sometimes things happen. So what I was saying is culture is is these are procedures, state of rules that people come up with to solve problems. Culture is about solving problems grounded on how people perceive each other, how people interact with each other and how people relate to one another. Socially, cultural patterns influence our human potential in terms of how we are going to organize, how we are going to develop institutions and apply our human potential to uh, to adopt uh, particular conditions to solve particular problems. So, solving problems in a cultural way or creating power in a cultural way requires for us to relate and act and perceive one another in a different sort of way. This implies uh, perceiving each other in such a way that we are people who belong to one group, or we are black people. So there is nothing like I am better than that person. This is why they say you have to perceive each other in a particular sort of way. This takes care of the, I think most we are known as the individualistic people who are acting, sort of collective people who act very individualistic. But we as a people, we have to look at now that slavery is done, what steps do we have to come up with? What do we need to do? Where do we go from here? These are some of the things that we as black people have to do. So when we come up with these rules, then we are coming up with a culture. So that, in a, in a nutshell, is what culture means. Is We have to create our own system of solving the problems that we are, confront, we are confronted with. So right now, how do we move forward? Those are the same rules that we need to come up with, and that's what it means when we talk about culture.
2: Thank you so much, President. Uh, We do have a very large uh, panelist tonight, this evening. So, uh, is Mr. Warren on the line?
6: Yes, I'm here still.
2: Yeah, so uh, I wanted to know the culture of the African Americans. I know. um, The black people came from Africa. They were stripped of their culture, their ethnicity, and also their families. So how did you study anything on culture and how they had to regroup themselves here to move forward, to create their own um, kind of African culture? You can go ahead, sir.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A lot of uh, African-American culture still retains much of its continental African flavor. One of the first things enslaved African americans did was try their best to keep their families together they were sold at different times and every time you were brought to a new location you develop a kinship with other people and created new families number two the language we created uh, we introduced to english language a flavor and a livelihood that the english language never had before we spoke Pigeon languages, just like you have in Nigeria and, and in Haiti with the French. We spoke Pigeon languages. You can go to Charleston, South Carolina, and still hear people speak that. If you come to Louisiana, people still speak a Creolized French, Africanized French. Our cuisine, the way we cook, where I live, we eat rice every day with everything. We have dishes similar to like in Nigerian Senegal. And I can go on and on and on. But what I want to say is that in 2020, we, are, we have not realized that we actually have a world black culture. These young people, wherever you are, have been influenced by African-Americans, African-Caribbeans with reggae music and all the different types of hip-hop music and the styles all over the world. We have a global black culture. And we have to now take control of our economic spaces. That is whatever disposable income we have. We need to develop enterprises where we employ ourselves and we benefit. That's the next step of culture. Becoming independent from being dependent. And I think white people are looking at this. They're looking how vibrant we are. They're looking how their young people are attracted to us. They're looking at our style Even though they're putting Barriers in place to prevent Our full human development They're looking at us in fear Because they're saying to themselves If we remove all barriers We won't be here anymore We won't be relevant So they're very afraid of us Because we're very And I say us, black people worldwide We're very strong people There's been an attempt To dehumanize us for centuries but it's not working and that has them worried because they're saying we may no longer be relevant they're worried about their survival on this planet as a white people and they and they look at the monster they've created and people don't want to be subservient and that's what has them afraid so culture we need to reclaim our economic spaces we need to control the beauty supply sell our own hair and makeup to our own women our own grocery stores Etc. All the way to Africa And the the economics there
2: right. Thank you so much Mr. Uh, Mm -hmm. Warren
1: uh, We
2: are like uh, 18 minutes uh, after 3pm All the phones for our listeners Are all unmuted I'm going to allow for questions from our listeners We do have a large panel uh, uh, This evening So go ahead and ask some questions To our listeners Feel free to ask questions
11: Okay. Um, can I be heard?
2: Yes, please. Uh, just yeah, go ahead so and I'm, introduce yourself and where you are calling us from,
11: please. Okay. Um, this is Patrick. I'm calling you from Toronto, Canada. I'm an African-American that's living in Toronto at the moment. And I okay. First want to welcome
2: to the program. Mm-hmm.
11: <laughs> Thanks. I've been here before. I had a great show and great discussion. Um, I appreciate the respect for history. And I know it takes a certain amount of courage to go back and really study history. Uh, But while we're studying history, we should also at the same time, you know, start looking for solutions because it takes even more courage to find, find and implement solutions Um, because the consequences of doing so can be much greater. The negative consequences can be much greater than just looking back at history. So let's, First, we need to figure out what we want, the quality of life that we want to live, you know, what is the world that we want to build, and what does it look like to us? us? And then we need to take – I think there are so many problems, and the problems seem like they loom so large. So I think one of the first things that we can do is take a look at all the problems, and a group of people just take one problem – Break it down into bite-sized, digestible chunks. Create a project plan to solve the pro- and solve the problem, no matter how small it is. Because every journey starts with one step. And I think what we need we need small wins to build our confidence and to build our trust that we can all work together and, and accomplish something. Right. So I, I I propose a project plan type view of this because. It introduces uh, accountability. It introduces um, um, organization so that we know who's doing what, when, and how, and how glorious it would be to get on this call one day and only talk about a success that we've had from solving one of our problems. That would be a great conversation. That's my contribution.
2: right. All right. Thank you so much for your contribution and that you're calling us in Canada. So uh, I'm going to ask another person to ask us. And uh, as you guys answer these questions, we have to be mindful of the time. So I'm going to give a one-minute limit to answering the questions. Um, Over to the next uh, person that wants to answer the question, please, one of our
1: listeners.
2: Do we have any more questions from our listeners? So uh, if we don't have any questions, I'm going to ask, because I know uh, we have a large panel here and most of them are male, and I know that uh, you guys are raising um, uh, black men, black children in your um, households. How do you prepare them for the future and their current uh, occurrences? I'm going to go back to uh, President Charles Wendy in Florida. President Charles Wendy, are you still on the phone? This is not, how uh, about Mr. Blair Siajunza? For those that are raising young children in this country who are boys growing up to be men, what type of uh, topics are you having with them?
10: Yeah, thank you so much. We, I have two boys myself, so we have to give them a, um, an understanding of the culture, that we're living in, and also the heritage that we brought over from Zambia or from wherever others may come from. So part of the discussion that we, we I, I try and um, have with my kids is understanding, number one, where we come from, what we value, and, and what things are important uh, in, in life. So the values about respective elders... Uh, respecting yourself, having personal dignity, and of course, uh, hard work. Uh, that means uh, when they go to school, we expect them to ex- excel and uh, to, to be uh, respectful of others, as well as uh, uh, elders, especially. Uh, there's a difference, uh, I always tell my son, there's a difference between you know, uh, a teacher and a student. A policeman and a civilian, and a parent and a child. So that understanding is is very important, so that uh, when they are out in society, they learn to navigate. You know, the 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 understanding that is there in in the cultural system that we are operating in. Of course, we know that the challenges, especially in in the current environment, where uh, we have the Black Lives Matter. uh, uh, discussions and initiatives that people you know are, are trying to impress upon the society to value them for for who they are regardless of the color but these things are kind of uh, endearing in, in in the sense that you know you you are a person I always tell them that you know you have personal dignity and if another person does not see that in you if you carry yourself with these endearing uh, values of you know that's dignity and respect for others and hard work, uh, the people that do not appreciate that are the ones that need to change. They need to change their mindset, you know, to, to value you the same way they would value themselves. So those are the discussions that we have. Uh, um, and I, I know other parents are having this probably the same discussions, uh, just trying to make sure that uh, we, we, our kids not forget our roots, where we come from, and that we're a rich culture. And we value uh, life, we value hard work, we value uh, family, we value uh, respect. And I'm sure that uh, uh, if if we emphasize those things, uh, our children and uh, our our society and even uh, the, the growing community of Zambians across the United States and others will thrive and will One day, you know, live in a society where we'll have uh, a a lot of uh, African uh, uh, descendants in in key positions of of power in in, in the system that we live in, in in the countries that uh, we live in. So that's my two cents on that, and I'll leave others to contribute as well.
2: All right, thank you so much, Mr. Ginger. Um, Do we have anyone else that wants to comment on uh, how you are, the conversations you're having in your own homes with your children, the black children? Um, does anyone have anything to say before I hand over to the president? Because we are one hour into this program. I'm into a lot of time management. It's a large panel. So I think uh, we've answered most of the questions, considering how many people had to contribute. So I'm um, just going to allow for one more person to say something. Do we have Mr. Irene White on the, on the line? So um, if there's no one that wants to say anything, I was uh, co-hosting today with President Noah. He asked me to help him. I'm the Secretary for Zain. My name is Nasi. Uh, the time is 3.26 p.m. We've done so well on time, considering how many people had to... Say something. So I'm handing over to President Noah. Once again, I want to thank everybody that was able to contribute. I also want to thank our listeners um, for being there. So over to you, President Noah, and thank you so much.
3: Thank you, thank you, uh, uh, Madam Secretary. Uh, I'm sure. Folks, you've enjoyed the show because we wanted to spice it up and bring a lady to the show so that at least we could have a contrast in the voice and just uh, listen to other perspectives, bringing people ask questions from a different perspective. You've been hearing from me for some time, and then I just wanted to bring that to the table. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know these these conversations are conversations that I think they can take us two years or even the rest of the year just discussing because the moment you say something, then somebody has to say something, and then uh, there's sort of like that continuity that uh, uh, they're sort of like, what do you call it, Uh, a a can of worms that gets opened every time. So hopefully you've enjoyed our segment because we wanted just to have this show to focus on the challenges. That we are seeing the political climate in the country. So next week we are getting back on track to look at a series called called the a look at the association. So to, next week, next Sunday, we'll be talking to the. Zambian Association in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is the new association led by President Dela Banda. So we look forward that you join us next Sunday as we continue the series, a look at the association, trying to get to know what the associations are doing and things like that. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very, very educational important show where we were. We just wanted to branch away from uh, looking at the associations and just to get feedback to share our two cents on this topic. I I know this is a very, very huge, huge uh, discussion, subject and topic that we can go on and on. But of course, we are limited with time. So I encourage others out there, if you're interested, uh, or there are certain topics that you want us to feature on our show, feel free to uh, to come in and uh, share your thoughts. So the, the, this platform is designed for the association leaders. So if there's any association leader who has something uh, burning on their bosom, in their chest, please, please feel free to bring such discussions onto this show so that at least you can get this platform. So thank you and until we meet next week. Enjoy this this song by B B One. <laughs>
1: On got to go to the quat. 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 a Quat. 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 Brad did I I you when the me, so bad. When the thing me, What do you so? I touch you. 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 Sancho, 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 Kuriwaja bendo, Panyamu shima wanewe, Detachale, sakabu,